Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. My name is Bella and we are here for another week, which is very exciting because I'm actually not having an existential crisis this week. I know it's a shock, but it turns out, so you know last week when I was like, I don't know what I want to do and there's no jobs and blah, 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 blah. It turns out there is jobs and I was searching for the wrong thing. So now I feel much calmer about life because I was searching for consultancy jobs and apparently that's not what you search for because I was looking for entry-level consultancy jobs and there are no entry-level consultancy jobs and I was like... I am doomed for failure. But no, now I have started looking for analyst roles because that's what a junior level consultant is called. Guys, there's so many. There's so many jobs. So now I feel much less stressed about that and much less kind of like, I just need to accept that I can't solve my job situation now. It's good to be looking, but I need to accept that I can't solve it. I'm not good with things like this. I'm not good with like just letting it lie and like accepting and I need to be treating this as research rather than me like actually going to find my proper job, if that makes sense. I feel like it's something that's playing in my mind a lot, but I'm trying to consciously stop talking about it because I realize that I'm literally just repeating myself to my friends. So this will be the last time you hear of me talking about my existential life crisis, but I just wanted to let you all know I was researching the wrong thing, and that is why I couldn't find anything. So today is Thursday, where the time you listen to this is Sunday, and that means oh, I have such a lovely Sunday planned. So my boyfriend's coming to visit me on tomorrow, and I have planned a, such a lovely weekend, and kept it like surprise plans because I feel like sometimes I can overwhelm people when I plan things because I love a plan and some people hate a plan so what I tend to do is I really like a plan so I mentally plan things and then just don't tell people and just tell them on the day I make it look spontaneous it's not spontaneous but it makes it look spontaneous and then I feel like people are more accepting of the plan is that manipulative I don't think that is because they can still say no and I'm not going to be like we have to do it But basically, where I live, there's a really lovely... So, Victoria Park do, um, like, a food event thing every Sunday, like a food market, and it looks so cute. And I found a new way to walk there all along the canals, and it's so nice, and I want us to do that on Sunday. Like, I want a very wholesome weekend this weekend. I feel like I've been going out a lot, I've been drinking a lot. Guys, bowling. Oh, my God, no, I'm jumping around, and I don't want to... (laughs) It ended up being quite big weekends recently. So I feel like I need to be, you know, I need a chill weekend this weekend. I actually want to not feel tired, especially if I think I'm getting ill now. I do not want to be ill. Also, because I didn't see my, my, my boyfriend came for my housemate's birthday, which was so much fun. But we didn't really see each other that much. So it'll be nice to actually see each other. And then on Saturday, there's this exhibition that I wanted to go to at the... Is it Sachi Gallery? I think I'm saying that wrong. I'm fully aware that I think I'm saying that wrong. But there's a gallery there and I think I wanted to go to it there's a really cool street art exhibition but it's 15 pounds a go it's quite expensive 15 pounds that's like a club ticket or like like theater ticket or something so I don't think I can afford that right now especially since my recent shopping habits so I don't know what we'll do on Saturday but maybe that can be our spontaneous day I really want to go into central London because I feel like I've literally been living in my little area and where I go to uni so I feel like I want to feel like I'm in London again so I'm going to convince Louis to come for a walk with me along the Thames because that's free and I love going for walks so that would be a good thing for us to do together I hope he'd like to do that I'm going to convince him anyway But anyway, back to last weekend. Let me do a little recap of what I've been up to this week. So we went bowling on Saturday. Last time you heard from me, I was about to head off bowling and it was so much fun and I got a double strike. And guys, I feel like drunk bowling 
was such a good life choice for us and I would highly recommend. It was only £15 for like this massive jug of five or six beers, which according to you guys who are in Spain or Europe, this is very expensive. But for the UK, that is cheap. It's like £7 a pint in London. So this was incredibly cheap. So we did that and then we came home and we just carried on drinking at home. We had a dance party and it just like, it was chaos. And then on Sunday, I managed to do work. I, I was meant to go on a 15K run because my half marathon is very, very soon. And I haven't been practicing. I have stopped running. And I don't really know why. I was doing so well in January. It's almost like I ran myself out. But that's okay because on Wednesday, I did my first run again. We just start back with a 5K and, you know, we're going to get there. I've still got like four weeks. So four weeks is enough time. Four weeks is enough time to start. We'll, we'll be fine. I'm not super stressed about it, but it is slowly coming closer. But if that's slowly coming closer, that means my end of my second term is coming closer, which means I've nearly finished my master's. Can we just... Can we just have a moment for that? I've nearly finished my master's. I'm over halfway now, which is crazy. It's crazy. I, I don't want to go into a big reflective thing, but like I'm so proud of myself. I'm not going to lie. There's been mo multiple points where I've been like, I'm dropping out. I can't do this anymore. But I haven't dropped out and I'm still here and I'm so excited. I am excited to start working. I'm excited also for next term because we have so much more free time so I can do so much more podcast things in like normal hours. Like if you can hear noises in the background, because I'm having to record this whilst I'm at university. Like I've booked out a meeting room so I can record the podcast because there's just no time. There's just no time. Also, I think my eyes feel so stingy, so I'm hoping that I'm just, my voice doesn't go halfway through because normally if my eyes are stinging, then that's like when I'm feeling poorly. That's when I'm feeling like a bit blech. But overall, I'd say this week has been a good week. I feel like I was talking to my friend Ellie about this and I just think that although I am stressed, I feel weirdly on top of things at the moment and I don't know why because... It's not like I'm doing anything different. Maybe it's not having my job. I honestly feel like since I don't have my job, since I don't have to think about, like, have that as well going on, I feel like I have so much more time to do things and that's been very good for my mental health because it was just too overwhelming. Although on Wednesday, I missed my appointment with my ADHD person, which was kind of ironic because it was about ADHD and I missed it because of my ADHD. So that's, it, you know, it was... What's that thing called? I can't remember, but it was ironic to say the least. But yeah, it's been a good week and I am happy this week and I feel like my emotions have been level. Though worryingly, I did listen to this podcast about burnout and they were saying how one of the signs of burnout is when you start detaching from things. And I do feel a little bit detached from everything at the moment and I am wondering if that's burnout or is it because I'm doing well? I don't know. I don't know. Like, am I unbothered or am I detached? This is the ways I'm starting to look about it and I'm questioning myself. But, you know, we're here now. I'm at uni, I'm doing my work. I'm ex so excited for Louis to come. It'll be really lovely. The girls are going out this weekend. I think I don't think I'm going to go. You know, I just feel like I'm going to have a nice weekend and I feel calm. I normally don't feel this calm and so it's really nice to feel this calm. But we're going to go to the cinema. The reason I can't record this at home tonight is because we're going to go to the cinema tonight and watch After Sun, which I've heard really, really good things about. And I'm excited. I don't know anything about it. I know it's about a relationship between between either a daughter and a father or a brother and a sister. I can't. I don't know which one. 
um, is a relationship between, is their relationship, and it's meant to be really nice. And the cinema, cinema near me does £3 cinema tickets, so we're going to go do that. And I'm excited. I've almost finished Little Women as well, so that's an achievement. I feel like maybe this should be in the new things I've done this week, but I just think... I just think it's too late and I've said it now, so here we are. Here we are. I'm excited. You know, I do, I do just feel on top of things at the moment. I'm really hoping no one can see in on this seminar room because I'm literally just sat here talking to myself and that is low-key embarrassing, but it's okay. I think I've been thinking a lot about me starting the podcast and getting the podcast to a place where it is now. And I think this is random. I don't know why I'm talking about this now, but I think if you are wanting to start like a passion project or like just do it, because having the podcast has provided me with such a clearer headspace on things that matter. And I think that's because it's made me realise that not everything is dependent on one thing. I used to put so much pressure on myself academically to thrive academically, because if I didn't, I thought I was going to fail because I put so much pressure in that one thing. And I'm now realising that that's not the case in the slightest, that there are so many different ways that you can thrive and be successful. And by experiencing all of these different ways, you kind of curate a really great skill set within yourself and I think that's really important as well to be able to have lots of different skills that you have and also lots of different interests I feel like this podcast has made me really good at articulating the way I want my thoughts it's made me good at speaking which you know I do speak for literally an hour on my own every week it's like training isn't it but I think this would be I was so scared to start the podcast. I was so scared to start the podcast and it was not successful for so long. And it's like not that crazy successful now, but there are people who listen that makes me, that makes me so happy. Like it makes me so happy. And I just, you know, I don't, I was gonna say, I wish I started it earlier. I don't, I think everything played out perfectly. I think I started it when I was mentally ready to start it, but I wish I hadn't been so afraid about starting it. You know, I think... Yeah, your little sign to start the thing you've been thinking about starting because I think it's important and I think you're not going to be here forever so you might as well just try it out. Like, the worst thing that can happen isn't even that bad. I promise you. Worst case scenario is no one listens. It's really not that crazy. It's happened to me for so many months. So please start it. And then we can be podcast friends and we can do podcast stuff together. I don't know what podcast stuff would be, but, you know, it's going to be there. I've got to call my best friend after this phone call. We haven't spoken. Right, me and my friends, I am so bad at calling people. I get so, like, distracted by everything that's going on, and then I'll be like, shit, I haven't spoken to that person for, like, this amount of time, and it's really long, and I'll be like, fuck. Like, my grandparents, I haven't spoken to my grandparents in ages, and I definitely need to, but it's just... It's a little bit overwhelming at points having to think about all these different people to call. Like, it's already been a month since I've seen my nana, because next weekend we're going to the Hockney exhibition, and we're going out for brunch. I know. And last time we went out for brunch, we both had our main plate of brunch. And then she was like, should we order French toast for dessert? So I'm really hoping that that happens again, because I've been dreaming about that French toast for ages. I might take Louis there this weekend. It was so nice. It was in Exmouth at Whitechapel. So yummy. Would highly recommend. It's like a tiny little um, cafe, but they're food. I'm so hungry. I don't know what I'm going to do for dinner either. Ugh. I hate adulting sometimes. I really hate having to think about everything. I think I'm just, I just forget things all the time, all the time. And it's so frustrating. It's so frustrating. But anyway, this week we are talking about mental health whilst you are at university because it's something I'm quite passionate about because it's something I've really struggled with. And it's something I struggled on my own a lot of the time as well. 
So with Uni Mental Health Day on the 9th of March, I didn't really feel like there was a better time to do an episode on this type of topic. And I'm very grateful for Student Minds for sponsoring this week's episode because I think it's a really important one. And I think it's something that we need to have a little chat about. If you are struggling with your mental health, I would really encourage you to reach out to the people around you, reach out to the services that you have at university. If you look in the show notes, I've included a link which you click on and then you enter your university and you'll find all of the mental health resources available at your university at your disposal. So I would really encourage you to look into this. And remember, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a helpline. So please don't, I'm obviously here for you. But if you're in a crisis mode, then please contact someone who's actually able to help you in that given moment. And I have put some um, contact hotline numbers in the show notes for this week's episode. But I really enjoyed recording this one. And I felt like it was a very poignant kind of full circle episode for me to record being in the position I am now and it meant a lot to me so I hope you enjoy so today we are talking all about mental health at university because I feel like it was one of these things that was maybe one of the fundamental reasons why I started recording the podcast and I think it's one of those things that is being spoken about more and it is improving in its recognition both by universities by students and in its awareness but I still don't think it's spoken about enough in terms of people's experiences of going through it and I just wanted to share with you my experience of going through it because I feel like maybe some of you will relate and maybe it'll help some of you because I didn't really realise what was out there and I didn't really realise what was going on and I didn't realise how to ask for help. I didn't realise what things there were there that allowed me to ask for help. Like I didn't realise what resources were there and I think if I had have been more aware, it would have helped me ask for help before I asked for help, if that makes sense. Like not before it got too late because it's never too late to ask for help, but before it got even worse than it needed to because I definitely think... If I had been more aware of the support that was there, I think I would have seeked help a lot faster. So when I was in, I'll I'll give you the backstory. So I'd always struggled with anxiety and getting very overwhelmed with things and just really like, I used to, I overthink a lot of things. And I now know it's because of the ADHD. Like it makes a lot of sense now I know I have ADHD, but beforehand it didn't make sense. And I just always classed myself as like a worrier. I was always just a bit of a worrier. And as I got through, went through school, this always got really bad around exam season. It always got really bad around kind of when I had deadlines due. I was always a worrier, but I could just kind of mask it because I got good at masking these things. I got good at coping with it. I think when you're in a, like a world of like high stress, when you're in a stressful environment, you get used to dealing with these environments that are high stress and you kind of just learn to cope with it. You don't really notice that anything's wrong. And I think that's, that's where it starts getting sticky because as I went through school and as I went through sick form, as things get more and more intense, I got better at coping. And so GCSEs, like I found it really stressful, but I also found it okay because it wasn't too horrific. Then A-levels, I found really stressful, but not so stressful enough that I couldn't do it. And I think this is when, when I got to university, I don't think a lot of people talk about the fact that when you get to university, you are pushed in a new way, which means these things that you've been hiding, these things that you don't necessarily like, you don't, you think you can just cope with them. All of a sudden you can't cope with them anymore because you're being pushed to a level that you've never been pushed to before, which causes these cracks that you see or these, these things that you've been working so hard to cover up and no longer able to be covered up because they're being exposed more intensely than they've ever been exposed before. And I think this was the thing when I came to university, not only are you having to deal with like increase, like uni is harder than A-levels. It is harder than A-levels, but 
It's not just that. Now you're moving away. Now you're meeting new friends. Now you're having to find a job. Now you're having to worry about money. It's like all of these other parts of your life, they also increase in stress, which I means I think that's why when we come to university, it's not just the fact that the learning is harder. Your entire life changes and you kind of have to like up level and it's just like a new level of hardness. And I think this is why when I came to university, I found it so tricky And I didn't realise I was finding it tricky. I put a lot of it down to like, oh, I'm just struggling to settle in. I'm just struggling. But me crying myself to sleep every single night isn't normal. You know, I think this is my issue is that a lot of these things that I think are like normal or I thought were normal behaviours or like just put it down to settling on or struggling at the moment. They're not just you struggling. They're moments when you should ask for help. They're the moments that you should reach out. It doesn't need to be an absolute crisis situation for you to ask for help. And I think that's what I really want to get across is that things that are going on in your life or the way that you're feeling about things, it doesn't have to be the worst case scenario for you to ask for help. You can just be finding it hard. You don't have to be having a total mental breakdown because I think this is the issue is that a lot of us wait until we are in that breakdown phase to then ask for help. And then it's so much harder to pull yourself out of it because normally things have got pretty hard by then. And this is exactly what happened to me. I went to, I did first year and I found it hard, but I found it doable. I found it okay. And then when I went into second year university, all of a sudden the exams mattered. They were essay based exams. I had loads of modules due. I was struggling to be at university. I found uni really hard. I found everything about it hard. I found the whole like, like you've got your social situation, which can be tricky. It's not easy. It's like unfamiliar. You've only known these people for a year. So it's like, it's, it's a new environment to be in. I found the kind of balancing juggling act of everything really tricky. My course was really like, my course was quite intense and other people around me courses weren't as intense. And that made me feel like I was missing out on a lot of things. And I struggled with that quite a lot, which meant that when I was in second year university, all of a sudden it just got too much and I was really struggling and the weird thing about it is is I can't really remember it I don't really I feel like I kind of like blacked it out a little bit I don't really remember what was going on I just remember that I was crying almost every single day and I literally remember talking to my best friend at uni being like I actually might have to drop out I don't know if I can do this like this is I am not finding any joy in any of this anymore this is so hard And when I was in those moments of not finding any joy in any of it and not because I didn't even felt like I got the benefits of going out and the social benefits and being able to enjoy university because it was so intense. And when I was at those moments, luckily I have a really lovely, like I'm really close with my family and I spoke to my mum a lot about it and I was just like, I'm really struggling and I was just crying and it just wasn't, and it was like, beforehand I think I would feel this emotional I'd feel this overwhelmed but I'd get this I'd get the reward at the end okay okay so I wouldn't do all the social things but I'd get the really I'd get a good grade and I'd feel really proud of myself for doing it and that would kind of be the reward but now because university was so much harder I wasn't even getting that reward I wasn't even getting the kind of that there was no motivation and I was just like what's the point like what's the point if I actually pass this year it will be a miracle it will actually be a miracle because I don't think I can do it And I remember feeling very lost and very unsure of myself and very unsure of everything that was going on. And I think this is when my mum realised that I wasn't wasn't coping very well with university and that I needed some help. And she told me to contact, like, the counsellor service at university. And I was like, no. 
And I think a lot of things with my ex and everything were making it very tricky. And I was like very like overwhelmed and it was just getting worse and worse and worse and worse. And I kept trying to find ways to deal with it. I kept thinking, okay, no, I'm going to start going to the gym. And yeah, me starting the gym helped for a period of time. But then it would seep like back up and it would be a cycle and it would constantly repeat, 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 repeat until eventually she was like, Bella, I have contacted them for you. Like I've contacted them for you. You just need to fill in the form because she kept telling me to contact them and contact them and contact them. And I just didn't. I just kept not wanting to contact them and thinking that I didn't need to contact them and that everything was going to be okay. And then she contacted them for me and I went to my first session. I remember it's so silly. I remember when I booked my first session, I had the first session like, and I was walking to it. I felt really like embarrassed about going. I felt like I should be ashamed of the fact that I was going because I hadn't told anyone that I was going. I didn't want to tell anyone that I was going. I didn't want anyone to know how much I was struggling because I didn't really know why I was struggling. I just knew I was really struggling with everything. And I think the tricky thing was with the anxiety, it's been something that I'd, I remember going on a family holiday the year before in the summer and my anxiety literally ruined nearly the entire holiday for everyone. I was crying every single day on holiday. My dad bought me this like therapy book to go through in like to go through on my own while because obviously therapy is really expensive. Um, and it was a really good workbook. It made you like identify what was causing you the most stress and the most issues. And like the thing that was causing me the most issues, I didn't end up resolving. I just ended up leaving it, and that's a whole other story. But anyway. I just found it really, I just kept going over and over the same issues and no matter what I did, it was never fixed. And I think this has been the repetitive thing in my life is that I've constantly tried things, like I said, the gym, and then I tried this book and now I was finally at therapy and I don't know why I felt embarrassed about going. I don't know why I didn't want people to know I was struggling. I think I was almost ashamed that I wasn't able to fix it on my own and I just felt really sad a lot of the time. I didn't feel happy. I didn't want to be there anymore. I didn't want to be at university, but I knew I had to be to get to the point that I wanted to get to. And when I went in, I just kind of spoke to her. And I remember like the first session I had with her, I just cried. I just cried and I was just like, I'm just finding it so difficult with everything. I just don't think I can do this. And she was the loveliest lady. Like I couldn't have been matched to a better lady. Like it. she was so kind and like calming and we just spoke through everything that was going on and had like these hour-long sessions and she'd give me homework to do in the evenings like not homework I don't know what you call it like work to do in the evenings and I kept going and I went for about six weeks and after six weeks then if you need more sessions you can have more sessions and I remember as the sessions went on we uncovered more different things about like the way that I was thinking and that's where I learned quite a lot about like emotional thinking and how I was letting my brain dominate I was letting these emotions dominate in my life and they really didn't need to dominate in my life but I was letting them and because I'd been pushed to this new max and university had challenged me in a new way that I'd never been challenged before I didn't have the coping strategies to cope with it and I was too ashamed to admit it. I didn't want people to know that I wasn't coping because everyone talks about how great university is. No one talks about how shitty it can be sometimes. It can be really fucking hard. And I found that really tricky in the fact that I didn't really know anyone else who was struggling with it. And so she gave me these coping mechanisms. And going to that those therapy sessions changed my life because it all of a sudden it opened up this world where me thinking these issues that I just have to deal with 
they're not actual issues I have to deal with. They're not things that I have to cope with. They're no longer things that I have to get better at doing. There are ways and management tools that I can use to help me through it. And it made me realise that I'm not in my own in all of it. That I'm not struggling just on my own. That there are other people who feel the exact same way. And that there are things to help you. I had become so unaware at university that there are things to help me. And when I went through my breakup in lockdown, I hit rock bottom again. I emailed her and she gave me like advice. And it was just the most... Me realising that there was that contact at university made me feel like I could do it again because it made me realise that I wasn't on my own and I think it also gave my mum that peace of mind of realising there was someone there looking out for me because I think she was really worried about me because she didn't know how I was going to cope with it and I wasn't coping with it and that makes it really tricky and once I went through that it then gave me that whole new perspective on university and I managed to do really well. I also think it helped the fact that COVID happened and university went online, which meant I could go home, which meant I wasn't having to deal with all of these different things. And now knowing I have ADHD makes me realise why I did struggle with these things so much. But I think this is the thing that now I've come to my master's and now I'm doing my master's and I'm doing even more than I was doing then. I'm doing like my master's and I'm working and I'm also doing the podcast and I've also got assignments due and like there's so many different things going on. I'm also trying to find a summer project, working at jobs afterwards. And I think again... My ability to cope with more levels of stress has happened again because you you learn to adapt. The humans are adaptable and you just learn to adapt. But again, coming here pushed me again and it pushed me to that new level of difficulty and it exposed like these cracks that I thought I'd solved were no longer solved. And that was another tricky thing to realise is that I thought once I went to university and I was pushed in that certain way and these things that I needed to fix had been fixed, they would be fixed forever. But I think you fail to realise they're fixed for that level of stress. Your coping mechanisms, I think, are relative to your level of stress. And now I'm in a new experience and I have a new level of stress, which means I need new coping mechanisms and means that I needed more help. And so before it got too late this time, I was proactive about it. As soon as the course started, I realised that something wasn't right and that I needed to get some help. And so I went to the learning support thing and that's how I got my ADHD diagnosis. And it just shows that before that, I had never been pushed to the level that I have been pushed to now, and that's why it was never found. I think this has been the tricky thing with my ADHD diagnosis later on. It's like, why was it never found? Why did no one notice? Because to now it's so obvious and it's just annoying that no one noticed, but now it makes sense. And when I was speaking to the psychologist, he was saying that it's because, because you managed to mask it, like you managed to hide this from everyone else because you were okay. But now you're not okay and it's become like we've noticed it and that's why you're getting help now because you needed it now. And that gave me the reassurance about it, realising that it wasn't like a bad thing that it hadn't been found out yet. But I think this is the thing. Because I was aware of the help that university could offer, I was so much more proactive in accessing it this time. I was so much more proactive in speaking to people about it and finding out what was about it. I wasn't embarrassed anymore. And this is what I want you to realise is that if you are struggling at university, there are so many things that are there to help you. You just need to reach out for them. And you don't need to wait until you're at your rock bottom. If I'd have waited to my rock bottom whilst I was on this master's, I would have failed. There's no question about it. I wouldn't have been able to maintain. I would have had to have like, I would have failed. Because it's too difficult and it's too stressful to be also not managing the stress correctly. And now I've applied for therapy again because I'm just really struggling to manage everything in my head. 
But again, I haven't waited until rock bottom that I've gone to therapy. I've realised that I'm not struggling and that I need help now. And that's going to be, I think that's the thing. It's realising that to manage your mental health, you don't have to wait to it to get to the worst possible place, you know? To manage your mental health, it can just get to a point where you acknowledge you're struggling. Those indicators kind of like flash on and you think, okay, the warning signs are coming and I need help now. Which is why I think it's really important that we all carry on talking about the implications of mental health at university and you become aware of the things that are available at your university because I don't want you to think you're alone in struggling. I found university really hard. I find university really hard. I find it a lot to manage and it's hands down been some of the most challenging years of my life. I have thought I was going to drop out multiple times this term. I've cried so many times. I've never felt this tired but I'm going to get that master's whether it kills me, okay? And I don't want you to feel like you're on your own in it because you're not. So this is why I'm really excited for this episode to be sponsored by Student Minds. And I particularly want to raise awareness about Student Mental Health Day, which is happening on Thursday the 9th of March. Student Mental Health Day is the biggest day of the year for student mental health and it brings together the university community to make mental health a university-wide priority because I don't think universities acknowledge the implications that going to university can have on your mental health. As I said, it's getting bigger, it's getting more well-known, but it's not well-known enough. And I still didn't realise the support that was there for me whilst I was at university. And I think if I had been more aware of it, I'd have been so much faster to reach out. And this is why I'm so excited and think it's so important to share this podcast episode with you today because if you are struggling you need to know that there are things out there that you can contact there are people to speak to there are people going through the exact same thing as you there are options for you to get help and you don't have to struggle on your own in the show notes I have got a link in which you can click on you can type in your university and you can see which mental health like services are available at your university it's all there it's provided by student minds and it's a brilliant resource so that you can acknowledge what you have so that you don't feel like you're struggling all on your own because I don't want you to feel like you're struggling all on your own because you're not on your own I've been there I've done it on my own it's shit And I don't want you to feel the same way. And so please, if you are struggling at university, realise you're not on your own. So many of us struggle. And it's no, there's no shame in asking for help. I wish I'd have asked for help sooner. I wish I hadn't been so embarrassed to ask for help. I wish I realised that me asking for help is nothing to do with me as a person. It's just that I'm struggling. And that there are people out there who are willing to help you. So please, if you are struggling, let me drill it into you one more time. Ask for help because university is one of the most challenging things I have ever done and I couldn't have done it without support from the things and people and facilities and resources around me. So on to the question parts for this week's episode. So on to the questions for this week's podcast episode. For the first, So the first question is, my friends are graduating and I'm not. I want to be supportive, but I'm really sad not to be with them. Advice. The first thing that I want to emphasise is that your feelings are totally valid. Your feelings of that disappointment and feeling upset are so, so valid and to allow yourself to experience them and to give yourself the space to experience them. You are, like, I'm sure you're totally able to be supportive, but if you've just found out this news, then it can be kind of like a shock and it can be upsetting because this idea of what your graduation you thought would be isn't that way anymore. So you're allowed to be sad. I think the second thing that I would really kind of that has been it's been noticed in my I feel like 
you have this idea of the way you're going to experience your life and it never plays out like that. It never, ever plays out like that. And this is not the first time that you're not going to be able to do things with people. I mean, no, this is not the last time you're not going to be able to do things with people that you expected to do. Like when I left university, like third year, COVID, I didn't have a graduation. It didn't go to plan. Like, you know, and I was really sad for that like idea of what I wanted to happen not to be happening. But it all worked out in the end and I got a different type of graduation. I was in such a different headspace when I did eventually graduate that that made it so much more meaningful. Because if I had graduated when I had actually graduated, I would have been, like, I don't think I'd have appreciated it because I didn't even want to go to my graduation because I just didn't feel, like, I wasn't in a good headspace. I really wasn't, well, I wasn't in a terror, I don't know. I just didn't want to go. I didn't feel like it was right for me to go then. And it's because it wasn't. And then when I did actually get my actual graduation, like when it got cancelled, I wasn't that sad. Like I wasn't sad in the slightest. I was actually quite relieved. But then when it got rescheduled, I still didn't want to go, but I did go and I was in such a better headspace for it. And I think that's what, that's what I would think about is the fact that try to focus on that when you graduate, that's the right time for you to graduate. As nice as it is to like have the nice photos with everyone, this moment is about you. It's about celebrating how far you have come. And I think that's what's really important is remembering that right now it's not the right time for you to graduate, but you will graduate and it'll be incredible and they'll still come and support you just like you can go and support them. I would really recommend on the graduation getting a nice dress or whatever outfit you want to wear, like suit, I don't know what you want to wear, but you know, I mean like wear an outfit that you feel great in. And go and celebrate with them and remember, like, don't focus on the fact that you're not graduating now. Focus on the fact that you are going to graduate and you are going to experience this. I can feel my voice going. So I'm very sorry about that, but focus on that side of things. And I feel like it'll help shift your perspective on what's going on. It makes it more of a positive experience. Okay, next question. How does your ADHD impact you at uni and how do you manage those struggles? Well, because I didn't know I had ADHD for my entire university career, um, it's impacted me in a lot of ways. I think the main ways it impacts me is I get very overwhelmed easily. I find that, I find that like I have to get all of my work done because it's not like, like my friends will be like, oh, just go home, like just chill out. I can't relax unless the work is done because it's hanging over me and I can't think about anything else. And that's why it's really important for me to like set in good routines so that I know that I work the way my brain works. So for example, like completing a task, I had my epidemiology of infectious diseases. I had all of that work to do. And then today I just stayed behind at uni and I just completed it and I just finished it. And then once I'd finished it, then I can move on to my next task. And I think that has been another big thing for me is like, I don't like focusing on things and I don't finish things. And that can mean that like tasks drag on and then they lay on top of each other and then it gets overwhelming because it's not even that I have that much more to do because I've been starting different things at different points, but I am thinking about so many different things and that can be overwhelming. So I think the ways that I cope with it, the first way is making sure that I finish tasks giving myself allotted periods of time to finish tasks in and going to different areas to finish tasks, like finish work, I don't know why I'm calling it tasks. Like I do a lot of work at university because I find if I associate the space with university work, then I'm more productive. And I also, I don't know if I'm meant to do this, but I book out like meeting rooms and do work in them if I don't want to be in the library, but I want somewhere quiet to work because I figure I'm paying enough. And also I don't like it. There's loads of people around me. Sometimes I can't concentrate super well. I also, at the beginning of the year, I invested in some really good headphones and 
that was a really good idea because there's sound counselling. I got the Bose quiet can like quiet counsel counselling sound. I don't know. I just got the Bose ones and like they're brilliant. It blocks out any noise and that's massively helped me concentrate as well. I also listened to like this. But this is so weird. I'm gonna share it anyway because it might help you. I don't listen to music. I listen to that like binomial beats study playlist because I've realised when I listen to music I don't concentrate. Even if it's classical music, I don't concentrate. I need it to be like noise, like a soundscape type thing, and that's what the binomial music is. So that's really helped me concentrate. I think that's been a savior. I forgot about it for a while, and then the other day I just started using it again because I was a little bit bored of what I was listening to and. It's been very... It's been good. Okay, who's your last snap from? I don't use Snapchat. I feel like this is a transition I made into, like, the next generation... Like, into a new decade. I just stopped using Snapchat. I don't... I just don't like it. I don't know. I way prefer iMessage. I love iMessage. I iMessage everyone and WhatsApp. Like, I just prefer it. Because I would always focus on how my face looks and stuff like that. Like, I liked it in terms of doing video updates with people and actually being able to chat to them. But I just ended up not using it. And then I made my boyfriend move over to messaging me on iMessage because I felt like we were children messaging on Snapchat. So I made us move to iMessage, which, I don't know. I feel like Snapchat is good because you get to see each other's face every single time whilst you're messaging, which is nice. But I just, yeah. I've moved, I've moved on, I've grown. Tips for combating negative self-taught, negative thoughts, low self-esteem and feeling like you aren't good enough. Hmm. Hmm. What are my tips for this? My comfort with this is realising that we've all been there and I'm there every single day. There's, like, I think... I feel like maybe sometimes in the podcast, like, I am I'm a very, like, happy and chatty person and, like, everything's going good and I'm very positive, but it doesn't mean I'm positive to myself all the time. It's really silly things, like, I don't know, like, I was looking in the mirror today and I was just like, I feel like I look so ugly. Like, I literally feel like I look so ugly. And I wasn't joking about it and, like, I recognise that that wasn't a nice thing to say to myself. And I think my tips for combating these types of negative self-talk is realising that, not realising that it is okay, but acknowledging that it's happening and not making it worse than it already is. I think sometimes I can have these negative self-talk and then beat myself up for having that negative self-talk. But then that's perpetuating this negative cycle because it's still negative self-talk, you know? Like, if you talk negatively and then beat yourself up for talking negatively, you're still talking negatively. So I feel like that has been a thing that's really helped me is acknowledging and not beat myself up for it and being very logical about things, being very, like... I'll say, so let's say I say, like, I look I look really ugly today. I'm like, well, that's not very nice, is it? Who are you making feel good by saying that? Are you making yourself feel good? No. Like, why, why are you trying? Like, why are you being like this to yourself? It's not kind. And I just really try and think about, do you remember when the thing with um, Kendall Jenner went viral? And it was like, her, she stuck a picture of her younger self on her mirror so she could remember who she was saying the things to. I really focus back about all the different versions of me that I've been and who I'm saying this to. And that helps me combat it because I don't like being mean. I hate, I can't be mean to people. And so that's been a thing that's been really positive to me, I think, is realising who I'm saying it to and realising that in that moment where I think I look really ugly, 
what is the deeper thing? Because that's a really like, I don't know, I feel like it's probably because I'm feeling insecure about something. What am I feeling insecure about? Why do I feel insecure about it? I feel like there's more to unpack. I think that's another thing is realizing these negative self-talk that you have, there's more to unpack in it. So when you find, if you have a moment, I'd really recommend sitting down and like writing out the thoughts that you feel the most and unpacking them. Why do you feel like that? Why do you think like that? What perpetuates these thoughts? What moments do you think these thoughts in? What could you do to combat them? What truths do you have that combat them? I think that's a very logical approach helps me. How to deal with or fix loneliness in your teens? I'm struggling a little at new college. Realising that you're not on your own and feeling lonely again. I felt you lonely. I feel lonely all the time. I'm not I have such a great group of people around me and I feel very loved, but I still feel lonely at points. I've realised that I distract myself a lot from feelings of loneliness. So I think I think it, it, realising that it's okay to feel lonely and that so many people are feeling it and that you are not on your own in feeling it at all in the slightest. I think the ways that I dealt with loneliness at university and at college is realising that there's no... Shame in spending time on your own. There's no shame in getting to know yourself. If anything, that's the best thing you can. If there's no one around you that you want to be around, then become so content in being on your own. And I think the ways you can deal with loneliness when you're being on your own is realising that just because you are alone, you are not lonely. I did a podcast on this months ago, maybe a year ago, and I'm going to do another one on it next week. Maybe in two weeks, because I've kind of done two mental healthy ones next to each other, and I don't like doing like the same topics over and over, but... I'm going to do one on loneliness next week or the week after, depending on what you guys think. So I'll share more tips on that then. But I think realising that just because you are alone doesn't mean you have to be lonely. So find different ways to get to know yourself and entertain yourself. Start reading different books, start journaling, listen to podcasts, listen to music, find ways to entertain yourself because that's been when I'm feeling lonely distracting myself and then getting to know myself through these different activities has been really helpful okay let's do you even like school (laughs) I know I complain a lot but I do like it I promise I just complain a lot I think it's just hard but I do like it it's just hard maybe I should stop complaining maybe that's a bit telling see this is interesting it comes back to that loneliness there's one here which is so lovely like I want to be your friend so badly and it's so interesting like I, that first off, this isn't really related to that question. It's like the thing of people wanting to be people's friends, and like I do still feel quite lonely at points. I don't know. It's interesting, isn't it, that you could be so well connected but still lonely? And I think, I think my loneliness stems from not knowing where I'm going, not knowing what I'm doing, feeling like I'm a bit of like a sailing ship on my own in the ocean, knowing that I have so many people around me cheering me on to wherever I want to go, but not knowing where that destination is. And not knowing where you're going can feel like you're floating and that can feel quite isolating. But I want to be your friend too. Sorry, that wasn't really related to your question, but I want to be your friend too. But anyway, on to the new things that I've done this week. So as I said, the new things I've done this week are going drunk bowling. 10 out of 10 would recommend. I even put, I was going to say stirrups, but they're not stirrups. Those things that go down the side of the bowling thing and stop the ball from going around. That was such a good decision. Such a good decision. Other things I've done this week. I've been cooking. I've been doing my work on time. I've been going to the gym. I went on my first 5K. You know, I've been, I've been on it this week. I really have been. I'm proud of myself. I haven't been getting enough sleep recently because it's just, I always find, oh, I just go in these cycles of sleep. I did well Monday, Tuesday. I did bad Wednesday, Thursday. 
no, Wednesday, no, Tuesday, Wednesday. So I'm really hopeful that tonight's going to be a good night's sleep. But as I said, I'm going to go see After Sun and I'm excited. I'm going to feed back, oh, I just dropped my ring. I'm going to feed back on this next week with you all because I feel like I'm not going to be able to record it. So we're going to do the, the new things I've done this week now. Other new things that we've been watching. Oh, it's not really a new thing I've... Well, it is a new thing I've done. You know the Calm app that I'm obsessed with? I've been doing a new meditation every single night before I go to sleep. And I've been having the weirdest dreams. And so is everyone in my house. And I think there's something in the air. Or the water. Or the sleep dreamlands. Because we've all been having the weirdest dreams. Like, very related to what's going on in our lives. Like, all me and my housemates. My boyfriend. My friends at uni. Everyone has been dreaming a lot. So I want to know if your dream if you've been dreaming a lot maybe I should do an episode on dreams I'm very interested in dreams so I want to know more about it but I, then I also read a like read this thing and it was like there is nothing more boring than hearing about people's dreams so maybe I won't do that because I think dreams is only interesting for you because you're imagining what happened it's not interesting for anyone else I think that's very important to remember but anyway thank you for listening I'm so grateful that you're here and I'm really glad that we got to have this conversation about mental health whilst at university it's something that I struggled with and it's something that I struggle with every day and it's something that means a lot to me as a topic and that's why I'm so grateful for Student Minds for sponsoring this week's episode because I think it's one that will maybe it'll hit home with quite a lot of you and maybe it will relate quite a lot I'm saying correlate I just meant relate it'll relate with quite a lot of you I think and that's why I think yeah this week was an important episode and you know I found myself getting a bit emotional about it very silly but it felt kind of like a full circle moment and no, I'm proud of myself and I'm proud of you as well for wanting to grow and for being here. So thank you to Student Minds and make sure to share your thoughts on university mental health, share awareness about university mental health on the 9th of March using the hashtag UniMentalHealthDay because it's something we all need to talk about more. We really do. But yeah, thank you for listening. Make sure you are following me on Instagram and on TikTok at you've got mail underscore pod and I will speak to you next week. Make sure that you check my stories for the question boxes and the voting polls for next week's episode because I don't know what to do it on do I do it on loneliness do I do it on dreams like I need some clarification and I need you to help me but I hope you're having the loveliest weekend and make sure you do something nice for yourself this week go and get yourself a coffee get yourself you know a little treat a little something something I saw at the cafe nearby they do these like Nutella donut croissant type things and I really want one but it's four pounds and I just don't think I can quite like reason that to myself but anyway I'm rambling I love you and I hope you have the best week and I'll speak to you soon bye